0: Welcome to Community Christian Church. We are so glad you're here. My name is Ed Martin. I'm one of the pastors here. and We're so glad you joined us at our Ashley Park campus or are you joining us online? I hope if you joined online, you'll come and visit one of our campuses real soon. And you couldn't have picked a better day to be with us because today we are starting a brand new series. And uh, this is gonna be a series that I think if you stick with us all the way through the end, you're gonna be glad that you did because I wanna talk to you about something that you've thought about before and at one point in your life you probably wanted, maybe you still want or maybe you sort of gave up on it but I'll get at it like this, you remember when you used to be where people would ask you what you wanted to do when you grew up and I'm not talking about back in the age when you would answer with an animal or something like that and I'm not talking about the age when people would ask you that and you may be in this spot if you're in high school when people say what are you going to do? And all you hear is, what are you going to major in or what job are you going to have? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about that sweet spot in life where when you begin to think, you could think about life and you knew there was a possibility that you could do something. And life seemed open and the possibilities of what you could do could, be, could seem open. And it was that sweet spot, the wonder years, where everything be po- seemed possible and your, your life was wide open. But then what happens to most of us is uh, our world, our culture, sort of pushes us into a a mold, and we wind up in the rut that everybody else is in. There's something about our culture that as we get older, it starts cramming us into this shape that we all have to to be alike, and we come out the other end looking alike and acting alike and talking alike, and and we think alike, and we, we have the same problems. I mean, it's interesting that in the the largest, the, the greatest country that's ever existed with the richest uh, economy the world's ever known, we still have the world's anxiety issues that we've talked about in the last uh, a few weeks. I mean, why is it that all of us are in that kind of place? And why is it that all the people in the red states think the same thing and all the people in the blue states seem, think the same thing and we all get shaped into the same way and we all wind up in the same place and even though as distinct as we want to be and as individuals as we think we are, even as all the teenagers look about the same from 14 to 18 and all the 20-year-olds look about the same and all the 30-year-olds look the same and the 40-year-olds look the same and then the 60-year-olds are trying to look like the 30. You know, We all just get into this this rut, this mold where... Life, had seemed big and full of possibilities, and then we all wind up in the same place. I mean, nobody started out thinking, hey, I want to live in a house that looks just like the other house across the street, or, you know, I'm, I'm different, I'm, I'm going to drive a RAV4. Nobody ever thought they wanted to drive a RAV4, and somebody goes, oh, I'm not driving a RAV4, I'm going to drive a CRV. Oh, wow, you are wild and crazy, aren't you? Those are so vastly different. And no matter what stage of life you are, no matter what place in life you are, we all wind up in this kind of sameness. And if you look ahead, tomorrow looks a lot like today, and the day after that looks a lot like the next one, and the only difference between this Christmas and next Christmas is you're you're a year older. Because everywhere you look, it's just sameness. And everything kind of winds up in the same kind of place, and you begin to wonder, is is this all it is? Is this all there can be? And could I get out of this rut? And could I do something else? And sometimes, I mean, sometimes you secretly have the thought, I just like to pitch it all and hit the restart button and, and start all over. And the honest truth is, some of you are here today, and you, you've done that once or, or twice. And, and now you're back, and, and the difference is, You're here again in the same place, but you you just have more scars now. You have more regrets now. Because even though you, you know, get rid of that job for another job, you get rid of that car for a different car, and you get rid of that marriage for another marriage, everywhere you wind up going, you wind up going. And even though you want it to be different, I mean, no matter how many times you change and how many things you wind up getting that you think are different with the things or with the people or the relationships you have, you no matter how many times you start over and you hit the restart and you get a new person or a new this or a new that, it doesn't make your life any less like everybody else. It just makes your life more complicated. It just gets more complicated. So now you're back. And you're wondering, is there anything else or is this just all there is? And there's something in most of us that wants there to be something more than just this same old, same old. So what I want to say as we start this series is I don't think you're wrong in wanting that. In fact, I think that that feeling that we have that there could be more and life should be full and that I, sh- I should be able to do something that's unique to me and I could live my life, I think that's something that got stamped way deep inside of you by your Creator. I think it, it's a thumbprint of your creator in you. I think there's something way deep inside of us. I mean, none of us ever dreamed of, of living like a herd of sheep that we we couldn't break out of us. And there, there's something in us that just continually cries out, hey, I was made for more than this. I am capable of more than this. And the problem isn't the fact that you have that desire. Instead, the fact that you have that dream that all of us have that we had as children, it was just, it was just in an immature form when we have as children. It's stamped way deep on us, I think, by God when we got made. And I believe that it's stamped in me and it's stamped in you by God. But I just want to say up front, even though I believe all of that's true, this series is not about living your dream. It's not about living the dream. What I want to get at in this series... What Jason and I, we want to talk to you about, it's way deeper to that. And we're going to get to that in a bit. There is a way to live completely different. What if, what if there is a way that you can live the kind with contentment? I mean, the kind of contentment that no matter what your job is or no matter what people you're in relationship with or whatever amount of money you have or no matter where you are, that you live with this deep sense of contentment about what you are doing with your life. What if, you, what if you could learn to live in a way that the circumstances you're in, even though they don't change, even though your life doesn't change, even though you don't, you don't chunk it all in the circumstances that everybody else changed, that you could wake up and you could look at your spouse or you could wake up and look at your lack of a spouse or you could look up and go to the, wake up and go to the same job and you would know that your life was moving in an entire different direction. That my life is doing something different healthier, and I feel more fulfilled with my life. And even though all the stuff that our country and our world and our culture tries to push me into, that I, I mean, there are things about it that, that I like and that I want, and I don't have everything that I want. I can wake up. What if I could have the kind of contentment that I could realize that my life's on a totally different directory uh, trajectory? That change, well, it could change everything for you. And it isn't found in leaving it all behind, and it isn't found by walking away from relationships that you're in, and it isn't found by having some new emotional experience, and it isn't about looking forward to what's going to happen tomorrow that you've never experienced before, and it's not some new relationship. It has everything to do with getting your life in sync with the purpose of the one who created you. Because he created you with a purpose, on purpose. He created you on purpose with a purpose that was unique to you, and he understands you better than you could ever possibly imagine. In fact, what I want to show you to kick off this introduction to this series, and if you don't know exactly what I mean when I say a series, a series for us is where we just take one big idea and we tear it apart for a number of weeks. And so today, I'm I'm in the introduction of this, and so if we don't get all the way to the end of, of solving this problem that I've just brought up today that's because this was just an introduction and we hope you'll come back for all of it but today I want to show you something that was written thousands of years ago by a guy who was a follower of Jesus and he's writing to the most well he's writing to the richest culture in his day to the to a culture in the city of Rome and and Rome had a distinct culture that they had stamped on the world because they had conquered the whole known world and they tried to push everybody into the same mold so you could be a good Roman citizen. And in that culture, this guy, follower of Jesus, named Paul, he says, hey, there's a way to break out of that rut and live the life that you were designed to live, that God is calling you to live. And, and that's what I want to I bring up to you in, in, this, in, in this introductory message. But before I get to that, I need to talk to you about something that's really at the foundation of this, and it's something that you know, I think, but that we often overlook because nobody ever points it out to us directly. And this is so simple, it really is so incredibly simple. You already know this because you're smart people, but we often miss it because we don't just say it out loud clearly. So here it is. What you believe about life impacts the decisions that you make in life, and those decisions and what you do with them they impact the outcomes of your life. See that's really simple. What you believe about life, it it impacts the decisions and what you do in life and what you do in life ultimately leads to the outcomes of your life. Now, where we really get frustrated in life is over here in the outcomes. I mean, if If you were to come and talk to me and we were talking about some particular problem, let's say it's your finances and I want to talk, you're not happy with your finances and I talk to you about finances, you would talk about some decisions you had made that led to outcomes you didn't like and what you wanted to change in the decision area that lead to the outcomes. I mean, if we wanted to talk about, if we said, hey, it's your marriage or I'm not happy with the relationship that I'm in, and I'd say, well, what's up with your marriage? You'd talk about decisions that you or your spouse or the person you're in relationship with have made, and you don't like the outcomes that have come out of those decisions. It's the same thing with parenting. It's it's the outcomes that get our attention. It's the things, the circumstances of our life that we don't that we don't that we don't like, and those come about because of decisions we make. Now, some of you are already thinking ahead of me, and you're thinking, well, that's only part of the truth because. The truth is, in my life, other people's decisions, they've made decisions, and that's impacted the outcomes of my life, and, and that's true, but we still have the ability to respond to other people's decisions, and it was your response to their decisions that ultimately led to the outcomes of your life. What we believe determines what we do, and what we do determines the outcomes of our life, and, our frustrations is over here in the outcome. I don't like what's going on in the outcome side of my life. Now, here's, here's how that works, and then we're going to look at uh, a few verses, and uh, that'll be the introduction to what I want to talk to you about today. See... When we believe something's a good decision, when I have a belief and I think this is going to be a good decision, then we follow through on it and we do what the decision calls us to do and that leads to an outcome in our life. And and here's why this is so important for us to get. We think that what I need to do if I want different outcomes, if I want better relationships, I need to make better decisions. If I want better financial uh, things in my life, I need to make better decisions. But here's the really important part. If redeciding about those things that you want changed does not also involve rethinking and re-believing, if you don't in the process of redeciding, if you don't question the beliefs that led to the first decisions, if you don't also rethink and re-believe, eventually, even though you make a different kind of decision because you didn't like the outcome, your belief will lead you back to similar outcomes in your life. If if re-choosing doesn't involve re-believing, rethinking, you'll eventually get to the same outcomes uh, that you already have in your life. And this is why some of you get caught in, in these relational loops in your life, and it's It's why even though you think you're making different decisions, you wind up in the same kind of outcomes in your life. This is why some of you, you know, it started out for you, some of you are just in high school and college, and you've had a number of relationships, and you go, all of my relationships wind up looking the same. They all wind up being the same kind of thing, and I wind up getting hurt. Well, that isn't really all that surprising, because they're There are two people in a relationship. You are half of that, and the belief you had that led you to the other person at the first point, if you just decide on a different person, it won't lead to a different outcome unless you change the belief you had. I mean, this is why second marriages fail at a greater rate than first marriages. It's why third marriages fail at an even greater rate, because you have a distinct idea about a relationship, and you think it's... The person what was wrong, with my first message is is them. and so I redecide on a different them, but it's the belief that led to the choice that led to the outcome. It's not just the decision. It's the belief you had that leads to the decisions you make. The belief drives the decision. And at some point we have to go about not just redeciding. We have to rebelieve and rethink. Now, Let me add one more thing uh, to this. Almost all of you who are joining in with us today would say that you're a follower of Jesus or you're considering becoming a follower of Jesus. Some of you here, you're just checking it out on an invitation, but the vast majority of people here would say they're a follower of Jesus. We have one more thing to add to that. That is that we follow Jesus. And so there's this early follower of Jesus, a guy named Peter, a different one uh, that I'm going to read you in a minute from Paul. This guy, Peter... He has this to say to us. He says, To this you were called. And what that means is, this is what you were called to do as a follower of Jesus. To this you were called because Christ suffered for you. We remembered that in communion, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. What we were called to, what God has called us to, as Christ is our leader, is that we should live the kind of life that Jesus would live. It's the call on my life that where I am and the relationships I have and the places I go that I would live the life that Jesus would would live. That's the call that's deep inside of us to live the life that if Jesus were in my place, I would live his kind of life. And I believe, followers of Christ, that longing that was in you when you were a child, that you believed everything was open to you, that God had placed inside of you, that this call that's on your life That's what you've been longing for, that God would lead you to. The adventure of living the life that Jesus would live if he were in your place. But the problem is, we aren't Jesus. We aren't like Jesus. In fact, some of you here who are followers of Christ, you're not even sure it's possible for you in your life to do what Jesus would do. You're not even sure that you can do that. But that's to what we were called. Many of us know that the problem in this is that we know we should do something. We should do something different than what we're doing. So we begin with the question. You remember those little armbands people wrote? I mean, maybe it's two decades ago now where everybody had the WWJD, what would Jesus do? Well, The problem with what would Jesus do is there are many instances where many of us don't know what Jesus would do. We don't know what Jesus would do. And then even if I can figure out what he would do, I can't seem to get it done. I mean, even if I know what Jesus would do, I can't seem to get it done consistently in my life. And I don't wind up with this kind of adventurous right. In fact, I wind up more frustrated, maybe more religious if I ask what Jesus would do. Maybe I become more religious than other people around me. But the truth is, asking what would Jesus do, it just makes me a more religious version of people who are in the same mold, living the same life, looking pretty much like everybody else, but slightly more religious than that. And so, some of you just, we just want to chunk it all. That's not what I wanted. That's not where I'm going. I don't don't like that any better. In fact, some of you are coming back and you, you tried something else and you're hoping that now in this place, in this church, you can find something. Is there a way to do what you feel called to do to live the life that Jesus wanted you to live? And there is. But it does not start with the question of what would Jesus do? That's... The middle part of what I described to you, we have to start back with, what did Jesus think? What did Jesus believe that led Jesus to do what he did? That led to the outcomes that he had. We keep trying to go to what would he do so I can get to that outcome, and I can't do it. But the real issue is not what would he do; it's what what did he think that led him to do what he did? What so then I can have the outcome and live the life that I've been called to. But it all starts on the level of my belief. See, but the temptation is. The temptation is just to focus on, I didn't get the right outcome, so I need to do different. And so churches and Christians, we always focus on, you're doing the wrong thing, doing the wrong thing. And we try to get people into managing their behavior. But you can't do the right thing if you don't believe the right thing that leads to the right the right uh, decisions you need to make. Now, Jesus said everything that I said much shorter because he's way smarter than I am. Uh, Here's the way Jesus said that when he said it directly to his first disciples in John chapter 8, verse 31. If you hold my teachings, you are really my disciples, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So now we're on to the book of Romans. This part that I told you early on, Paul wrote to people. He takes that teaching of Jesus, you hold my teachings, then you'll know the truth. The truth will lead to the outcomes you want. If you hold on to them, you'll have the right beliefs, and that'll lead to the right outcomes. Paul, trying to flesh that out for these people in this cultural city of Rome, he says it to them this way. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, which is... Really good news because that's not what I want. None of us want to be pushed into the same mold where we all look the same and talk the same and think the same and act the same. There are people around me. I don't want the kind of relationships they have. I don't want the kind of financial choices they make. I don't want to be like that in any way, but I can't seem to break out of it. And and some of us even think that God wants us to be fit into that mold, be good kind of people that just fit into the culture. But Paul says, no, don't, don't conform. Don't conform to the pattern of this world. You shouldn't conform. Instead, he says, don't conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So transformed outcomes come not from just deciding differently. The outcomes I want, transformed people, start with different kind of beliefs. I have to renew my mind. If I want a different outcome, it doesn't start with deciding. It starts with my thinking and my believing. I have to change the way I think, and then when I change the way I think, I will inevitably do different things. And then the outcomes of my life will be different. And people will see that, and often they'll be surprised. In fact, some of you who have started following Jesus and you've started putting in place in your life, you've started holding on to his teachings and you've tried what he asked you to do, some of you are very young and you just started out and you said, whatever Jesus says, I want to try to do it. And you listen to what he says, and then you're hanging out with people that you used to hang out with, and they haven't seen you for a while, and you haven't seen them, and they say to you, hey, you're different. What's, what's different about you? And you're like, I, I don't know. I feel pretty much the same. And they're like, no, you're different. You know why? Because when you change your thinking, it leads to different decisions, which leads to different outcomes, and people begin to notice. I mean, it's the way that change takes place in our life. Jesus and Paul, his followers, saying, you don't have to be trapped. You don't have to watch it in this sameness where you feel like every day's the same and everything's the same and you don't live the adventurous life that you thought you would live. You can live free and abundant and content with your life. No matter the people you're with or the things that you have, you can live the kind of adventurous life God called you to live. And as you do, when you begin to change your thinking, Your decisions will change, and it will lead to a totally different outcome that will reflect, oh, you look like Jesus. You're beginning to live the life that you were called to, that Jesus would live if he were in your place. You can break out of the pattern of this world, and you can become the kind of person that you have dreamed of being, the life that you were called to, the life that God, your creator, designed you for. But it starts with you thinking different. In fact, when you think different, you'll see how right God really was for your life. Let me show you how this ends. Paul says, be transformed by renewing your mind, and then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good and pleasing and perfect will. Now, this is really important. See, as you begin to think like Jesus thought, you'll begin to do what He does. And as you begin to do those things, you'll begin to understand and what God had in plan for you all along, it really was good and pleasing and it was the life you were designed for. In fact, the problem some of you have with following God, the thing that gets in the way of you is you, you have thoughts about the way things should go in the world and then you look at what God has to say about them and you look at them and you go, I can't do that because that didn't make any sense to me. Well, of course not because you don't think what God thinks. But if, if you would get the thought behind what God's asking you to do, you would see that it really is good and pleasing and pleasant. If you begin to begin to make right thoughts, begin to think about the thoughts that Jesus had, it would allow you, God to change everything in the outcomes of your life because you will begin to make different decisions. So that, that's where we're going in this series. We're going to learn how to think like Jesus thought in some really big areas. We're going to have better thoughts that will lead to better outcomes in our life. And if we will allow God to change our thinking, we'll begin to understand how good and pleasing and pleasant His desire is for our life. And our lives will begin to change. And you can break out of the mold and you don't have to live in the rut And it doesn't come about by chunking the people that you're with or blowing up the relationships you're in or choosing something new. You have to start with thinking differently than you've been thinking. God wants us to see what he sees and think like he thinks, and then we will begin to do what he does. So for the next few weeks, we're going to look at these really big thoughts that Jesus had about life, about God, about this world that led him to live the amazing life that he He lived the kind of life that human beings can really live on this planet. So what I want to do today to wrap this up is I want to start by giving you a homework assignment that will lay the groundwork for everything we're going to do over the next few weeks. Here's the homework. Here's the question I want you to think about between now and next week when we're together. Here it is. What are the deeply held beliefs, what are the deeply held beliefs that I have that led to the decisions I've made that lead to the outcomes that I have? What are the deeply held beliefs that I have held in my life that have led me to make the decisions that I have consistently made that have led to the outcomes that I necessarily don't like? So you could talk about it with finances or with marriage or with work or with any area of your life. What are the deeply held beliefs I have about that area of my life that have led to the decisions that I make? that have led to the outcomes that I'd like to see be different. But it starts in this area of belief. This is a vitally important question. What do I believe? What do I believe about God? What do I believe about other people? What do I believe about time? What do I believe about stuff? What do I believe about relationships? What do I believe about marriage? What do I believe about friendship? What do I believe about these things that have led to the decisions that I've made that have led to the outcomes that I currently have? What are the beliefs that have led you to your decisions that have led to the outcomes? I'd like you to think about that and maybe even begin to write down a few if you can, if you can, if you can word them. I'll give you a few that are they're just rampant in our world, deeply held beliefs. If I find the right person, then I'll have the right kind of marriage. If I find the right person then i'll be happy here's another one a person's happy when they follow their heart if you follow your heart you'll be happy how about this one conflict should never happen between people who love each other pain should be avoided at all cost i'll give you one that i had that almost ruined my life is a deeply held belief i had about ministry I believe that if somebody came to me with a need, that it was my job. I mean, like if they came to me with a need, it was my job to try to meet their need. And I would think of it this way. If if you came to me with a five-gallon bucket-sized need, I thought somehow it was my job as a minister to fill up your bucket. I needed to meet your need as well as I can. It almost destroyed me. What I've learned is it is not my job to fill up your bucket. It is my job to dump out whatever I have into your bucket. And if I only have a thimble, I dump the whole thimble, trusting that God, who loves me and is good, will fill me back up. But it's not my job to fill your bucket. You have to get your bucket filled the same place I get my thimble filled. See, that deeply held belief, it changes the decisions you make, and it leads to different outcomes in your life. For you what are deeply held beliefs that you have that have led to decisions you've made that lead to outcomes in your life. There are all kinds of things. And starting next week, we're going to look at some vital ones that Jesus held that changed the decisions he made that led to incredible outcomes. Wouldn't it be great if you could live the life that you dreamed about living, the kind of life that was full and rich and free and Now you had confidence that God was with you, wouldn't it be great? Well, that doesn't start with different decisions. It starts with rethinking the deeply held beliefs you have. And we're going to do that together starting next week. Let's bow together, and I'll dismiss you with prayer. Father in heaven, thank you for letting us be together. I believe that you are good and that you are loving and that you are for every person in this room. And that you will give us what we need. So now I pray that you will help people really question the beliefs they have that have led to decisions they've made and these outcomes that they're not happy with. Help us to begin to see what you see and believe what you believe so we can do what you do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you all for coming. Have a great rest of your day.